Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Rich Klein, breaking another first here. It's the first Dueling Questions 3.0. Rich and I now are doing our third round. I don't know if it's going to be like a, a heavyweight fight where we go 12 rounds. I'm not even sure I won the first round or the second round, but we had fun batting questions back and forth. So thanks, sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, and Upper Deck tops and panini so rich you know the format you've done it twice now and so i don't know if you've been saving up even tougher questions for me but i've got a few for you and as you know you get to go first okay one of the people i follow on linkedin is a is a fellow teammate of ours for a short time named mike Goulet, who's head of c12 yep and one of the mentors of c12 is one of your college friends joe galindo and c12 is using christian beliefs to help run a business and I'm going to rephrase this slightly. Faith has always been very important to you. How did faith help you run the company, make good business decisions, and in a sense, mentor people like me? So that's your softball question? That's my softball question. <laughs> okay, Rich. Well, I'm glad. Thanks for the warning for the softball. Yeah, Mike was not with us for that long, but he was a, kind of a classically trained marketing guy. And, and then Joe Glinda that you mentioned, very close friend of mine from, from back in college and, and came into our company at an early, at the early stage and was there overlapping a lot with you. Joe's been, Joe and I have been doing kind of consulting for people, organizations, ministries, you know, any, any, any group or person that is at a crossroads or feels like they're stuck. So we've been doing a lot of meetings for a lot of years. One of them, you know, picking it up more than 10 years, maybe more than 15 years, was with Mike Glott, who was who was in transition. And Joe had been doing the C12, which is, a, like you said, it's a kind of a small group curriculum for business owners. It's essentially for Christian business owners, and it's kind of the application of what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus, you know, f- you know, was uh, a great humanitarian, a great teacher, many things that are, that are evident from uh, even a cursory reading of, of the Bible. But Mike had some interest in, in getting involved with C12, which would be being the leader of one of these groups and forming groups and helping mostly men, some women, to figure out how to make better business decisions that are more exemplary. And so he got started on that after we met, and he's uh, apparently done pretty well on that. As for me, I basically want to be able to sleep well at night. So I think if you live your life, you know, there's different moral compasses that people can have. I'm not saying Christianity is the only one. Certainly, I mean, I can't, I just, there's been an attack on, on the roots of our, of our nation in some cases, but I, I think you just, it, you can't get too far away from the Judeo-Christian perspective if you go back a, a couple hundred years. But like I say, my, my thought is I want to be, I, I want to sleep well at night. And if you, you know, do unto others as you would have them do to this, there's a lot of really, esoteric, uh, complicated biblical wisdom that people can say, I don't know if you're interpreting that right, but there's a lot of pretty basic things that want they'll know you're Christians by your love. Well, some people flunk that, but I want to be able to sleep well. And so if I'm faithful to my faith, then I can go to sleep thinking, you know, I don't, I didn't, I, I didn't mess up too bad today. Well, one thing you always mention whenever somebody you know, as we contracted as a company had to leave, is you wanted to always try to ensure they had as soft as a landing as possible, which is... Well, I mean, there's a faith aspect to that, but there's also the aspect of what what would, uh, 
without getting up into these into into higher levels of spirituality, how would you want to be treated, Rich? I mean, you're 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 a do unto others yeah. as you would have them do unto you, guy as well. So it's not it's not uh, you, you can't give them a you can't fire them and say, oh, by the way, here's a spiritual tract for you to read, <laughs> yes. or here's a here's, here's something in the Bible you ought to read as you're filing for unemployment. Yeah, just try to. It's not just being a nice guy, because sometimes I think that's the thing that you know from your faith, my faith, yeah. is that sometimes your faith is directing you to do th- something that is not the normal thing. There's something that is awkward, something that is not going to be a good return short term for you. That's that's might even lead to persecution. So. So, yeah, so I, I think but if you go to sleep at the end of the day thinking I, 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 I try to do the right thing, you're not going to wake up with a nightmare thinking you're going to get caught for doing something that that, that, that that was illegal or unethical or immoral or. So treat people the way you want to be treated. And, and I've been blessed to have some pretty amazing teammates of all faiths and no faith. So it's correct. Been, been cool. Your turn. Okay, that was your softball. Okay. That was my softball. Okay, so here's one for you. What's the problem with tennis cards? How come Tops, Upper Deck, and Panini, just to pick on three, the key licensors? I'm going to leave Leaf out of it at this point, but what? why would Tops, Upper Deck, or Panini not think, you know what, we could really do a great job, not just sprinkling Vena, you know, Serena into a set or something, but but to do a, a tennis set, kind of like when, when Upper Deck jumped into golf. Why is one? And Panini has done some tennis sticker sets, I think. But a mainstream card set, why not? Where are you going to sell the cards? I mean, Jim's asking you that because he knows that in the 80s I did stats at the U.S. Tennis Open. And so this has always been something we've wondered about. But one of the problems is you're at your biggest interest in tennis when you're at the tournaments. And the way the turn, the way the tour moves around, you're not in a, you're not in any place for long enough. So there's not franchises. There's not franchises. Everything is probably individually licensed. If you want to get Serena or Roger Federer or whatever, you probably have to get individual licenses with each player. Okay. And the season's too long. And the season's too or long. Or the season's never not ending. only never ending. Yeah. You know, your, our, our mutual friend, Robin Blakely, I believe he worked with Yvonne Lundell. You could probably ask. CT. He was part of the. You could probably ask Robin about what, what would have, you know, what. Well, I think it's just, in those days, I don't think it was just, it wasn't ripe. Right. But now you'd think when they're making cards on everything, why wouldn't there be? They tried it in the 90s. I mean, yeah. they tried it. Ace, Ace tried it in the early 2000s. Yeah. I, mean, I know, but they weren't a major company. They weren't a major company, yeah. but I don't think you have enough places to sell the cards. The sport is not mainstream enough nowadays. Okay. Where it's low, it's lower enough on the totem pole. In the seventies, you might have had a better chance when tennis was higher yeah. on the totem pole, and you saw it more on the networks. Okay, your turn. Okay, now for the three-point question. Okay, gosh. Yesterday, the morning news printed the list of all the DFW companies which received PPP loans of two hundred fifty thousand dollars or more. Was there ever a time when you owned Beckett and you would have had the opportunity to take a loan like that that you would have done so? You know, knowing that if you do it for strictly rent. And salaries, the loan is forgiven. That's a really tough question because I mean, I basically my pride gets in the way. When I started the company, I had a unstated goal to not borrow money. I didn't really want to be beholden to a bank or or other partners, and uh, probably I probably would have done that. And yet, as with your first question, is that I can't let my pride get in the way of what might be best for the team. In other words, even to fire somebody. That's bad for the person, but it might be the best thing for the team, for the enterprise. And rather than me being too proud to seek the money, which I think the money was pretty freely given. It was so, very freely so, given. And it was uh, you know, like free money as long as you spend it on the right stuff. And so I, I, I have several friends that, 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 that got that, and they're not going to be paying it back because they, they know how to, how to do that. So I'd like to say that I wouldn't, but you know, there's income that we wouldn't have gotten that you can never get back. 
I mean, there, there, there are certain businesses. On the other hand, I do think, again, I'm giving a more lo- longer-winded answer, but Beckett Media, which it is now, of, of the companies, when you now look back over the three months or four months, whatever it's been, uh, remote grading was a little tricky, but I think they're back on track now. But doing you know, some of the, the commerce stuff in the sports card and the price guide stuff, a lot of that stuff could be done remotely. Okay. On the other hand, if you're selling magazines, which they don't do as much, where are people going to buy them? I mean, people are staying home. So I'd like to say I wouldn't have, but I might have because it's, you know, that's the whole thing about, about your, your ethics, your faith, your spirituality is that life is not simple and there are these competing moralities and higher levels. And that's one thing that you, when you have a certain worldview, it helps you negotiate. Well, you know, it's not right to murder somebody, but if somebody's getting ready to do something terrible to my wife, I'm a, I'm going to kill him, you know? So, I mean, if, if, if all else fails, you know, warnings and all that stuff. So, you know, there, there's, so murder's wrong, but sitting by and letting something else happen is even worse. So there's, there's things that are more wrong than others. And so for me, I, I, maybe, gosh, because there were a couple of years where Beckett, you know, in the mid nineties, after the boom ended, Beckett lost money. You, we lost money. I I went into my pocket. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But I've done, you know, gets, it's uh, again, to go back to biblical, since this apparently the theme here is Joseph, you know, Joseph (laughs) was, there was seven good years and the seven bad years. And that was his claim to fame is that he prepared for that. And I, I, I probably, I probably modeled that somewhat. Mm. I mean, I didn't, when, when the years were good, I wasn't like blowing all the money, uh, that, that were the, the, the profits, uh, that there were uh, set asides for rainy day, but then it, we did have a few rainy years. Right. And I think that's very smart. And that, and that's why I asked, because as you said, it was free money and there was no real shame. And you had, yeah. and you had relationships with banks yeah. where they would have worked it out Absolutely. for you very easily. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, they're, you know, but I'm really good friends with bankers because I don't need money. <laughs> <laughs> They want my money. I don't have so much, but I have enough that they wouldn't mind having a little bit of it to mess with, whatever. Okay, last question for me, I think, because we're running low here. I'm going to make this not political because I'm not going to say who's going to win in the presidential election or who my preference is even. But let's say it's between Biden and Trump. And I'm going to say, regardless of who wins, it's one of those two. And whoever wins calls you up and says, Rich, I have heard that you're an amazing guy. I need your help in this administration. Could be Biden, could be Trump. And so, but they told me that it was hard to explain what you were good at. And so I'm, I've been advised by my senior advisors to bring you into my administration and to let you do what you do best. So what would you do if you came into a political situation? You already told me you wanted to go back and get a American history, but what, what do you think if, if you had the ear of the president and the cabinet, you know, what would you, in your unique set of skills, everybody's unique. What could you? What perspective could you bring to the nation that would be positive? Wow! But I think one of the things is, is it sounds weird because you know, on one level, you would never think this, but I am very detailed oriented in a lot of ways, having edited an almanac. And I would say, what you would want me to do is find something to dig into that needs fixing. Take as long as I need. You know, that's not going to be thirty days. It could be ninety days. It could be six months. It could be a year. And let's figure out what's going on so we can fix or see what what the best solutions are, what the best solutions are to fix the problems and then present you a one-page, two-page summary of okay. of what we're doing. So it'd be something data-centric. You data-centric. dig into the data. Dig into the data. And even if the data is not, you, you gather the data if you yeah. needed to. Okay. And you wouldn't uh, require Biden or Trump to have some mandate, some executive order that would require people to be card collectors. No, no, come on. Not everybody wants to be a card collector. Or pay a tax. Or pay a tax. So, 
or that taxable that your earnings on your sports cards for sale are tax free. Well, and, you know, if there are people, if you, <laughs> if you run it as a business, yeah. you know, you probably should pay your taxes if you have a storefront. But if, you know, it used to be if you ran two garage sales a year, like in Illinois. That exactly. You, That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the garage sale loophole. And maybe it applies to card shows. If you do two card shows a year or, you, or you're setting up or whatever. So Exactly. Okay. Hey. Well, you, yeah, I actually would like for you to get a, an exemption because it seems like you're trying to do something really good in your adot show and uh, you've got to jump through political hoops to make sure you're not uh, well, we pushed, stumbling. We pushed it back to November yeah. because of what's going on. If I had really wanted to do it over Labor Day weekend, they probably would have said, go ahead. But we agreed yeah. to push it back to see. And if I'm not even worried about a vaccine, if there becomes a good treatment, right. that that will be sufficient for me to say, now we can just go ahead if there's a treatment. Because my wife works in education. At some point, we have to reopen the schools, but we have to do it correctly. Well, Trump's really pushing. Again, it's, he may wind up being a lame duck. You just don't know. Uh, and now, uh, we like the idea of opening the schools. You just have to have a plan. Right. A good one. What about uh, Kyle Robertson's show in August? I hope he has a blast of a show. I hope the only difference is I hope he makes masks mandatory, not just, te- not just strongly recommended. Yeah. If he'd made masks mandatory, I would have worn a mask. And, and actually, I probably would have enjoyed it more because I wouldn't have felt like a pariah. Right. You know, but you had it with you and you were facing a bad blow. I was facing away, but and I was looking at, at a bunch of cards that, and you know what? What I found out other than you, and you went, you kind of did cards that I wasn't doing, yeah. but nobody else touched the cards. What they, what they did is... They were, they, they, he, put, he numbered his boxes so that it was the first one through. So they were, they were pre-COVID cards. Now, How safe is our that? mutual podcaster drew herndon talked yeah. about a show he attended where people would look at four or five cards and then if, if they weren't if their interest wasn't galvanized immediately they stopped looking yeah. you know on the table you and i went through we just dug in yeah well there was good stuff there time's up rich thanks again thanks, for another Jim. dueling questions be back again tomorrow with another episode it won't be quite as interesting as this one i'm sure because i'm not dueling questions with anybody else but uh, rich thanks again and be back again tomorrow the man-